Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. My good buddy Ross Tucker of Sirius XM <laughs> NFL Radio. Why got, are you man? laughing? I, I've known <laughs> Ross from the beginning of his broadcasting career, right? which now includes Sirius XM NFL Radio. Mm-hmm. It included doing Jets and Falcons on Westwood One yesterday okay. afternoon. And apparently it includes pushing the ball cannon on us as well. Ah, So we'll discuss all of those yeah. things with Ross right now. What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Doing well. So Brian does not does not believe uh, my story that we're at least no, remotely I do. friends. I'm not di- uh, disputing that, no. But you have a lot of buddies. No, he, I, I think Brian believes you. Brian, yeah. you do a good job on college football, by the way. I enjoy it. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. Now he's my buddy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's start with the game that you saw in person yesterday, Ross. I know the Falcons won. I know the weather was just terrible. Um, But still, big picture, what's wrong with them, and can they figure it out in time to get back to being the Falcons in the second half of the season? So funny because at the start of the game, you know, both teams have three wins, and you're surprised that both teams have three wins for very different reasons, you know? I don't think anybody thought that the Jets would have three wins all year, let alone three wins at this point. And the Jets are like a legit competitive group, man. I mean, the the Jets, they easily could have won that game yesterday. They blew a couple field goals. I'm like amazed. I was talking with Josh McCown in the field before the game, and he likes the offense. He likes what they're doing. And their receivers, Robbie Anderson and Jermaine Curse, Safarian Jenkins, it's kind of amazing what they've done curly you know everybody was criticizing mccagnan i thought the jets would be terrible but they got a pretty solid squad as for the falcons you know the issues yesterday i think that they showed that they're they're on their way because they moved the ball pretty well despite the weather you know they had four fumbled quarterback center exchanges two of them they lost in their own territory in the first half one of them cost them a two-point you know, two play. Uh, other than that, their biggest issue remains the red zone and, and turnovers. But I think that they got better in both those areas. And everybody wants to point to one thing, you know, and the offensive coordinator and Sarkeesian. But sometimes, you know, it, it's just a matter of a tip ball here or Matt Ryan not playing quite as well. I, I think they also – are hurt a little bit the right guard spot where Chris Chester retired. But sometimes, I mean, look, guys, they had a record-setting offense last year. You know, you're not – how often do you have a record-setting offense and then next year you're better than that? Or even as good, it's hard. I mean, it, it's just hard, especially when you lose your coordinator. There's going to be something lost in translation there. True. And, and Ross, uh, you just hit on something in your, in, with, with your uh, relaying the conversation you had with McCown because I said at the beginning of the season I spoke to someone – close to Todd Bowles, and he said he liked this football team. And, yeah, everyone was saying you don't really have a sexy roster to speak of, but he liked the pieces, and he felt like they could go out and win at least, you know, eight or nine ball games. I don't know if they get that to that number, but it seems like uh, these guys like being around each other, even though they're sitting there with just three wins. It's, it's amazing. It really is. I thought they'd be terrible. I think, like a lot of people, 
we thought they'd win maybe a game, maybe two. Uh, but they're three and five. But their last three losses, they've had the lead in the fourth quarter. I mean, they've been right there in the second half of these games. Now, the one question I guess I would have is I wonder where that leaves them after the year. I mean, Josh mm-hmm. McCown's not going to play forever. I guess where it leaves them is they don't fire Bowles because he showed that he can make, you know, get some wins and and make chicken salad out of chicken you-know-what. Mm-hmm. So I guess where it leaves them is they keep Bowles. question is, what do they do with the quarterback position? But you know what? Maybe there will be answers, whether it's the draft or Jimmy Garoppolo or Kirk Cousins. We'll see down the line. But it's so funny, too, because so much of life is expectations. You know, I mean, Falcons' expectations sky high, so they're disappointing, and the Jets' expectations so low. That's why if you're a coach, at any level, you're really smart to try to keep the expectations down. Ross Tucker of SiriusXM NFL Radio with us here on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, let's stay, I guess, uh, in the AFC East alongside the Jets right now. The Bills, another win yesterday. Uh, more takeaways on defense, shutting down the Raider attack that lit up the Chiefs the week before. Uh, I still have some reservations about Tyrod Taylor as the quarterback, but um, at least in Buffalo, they, they seem legit, don't they, Ross? They really do. It, it's amazing, too, when you think about that. Because a lot of people, sort of similar to the Jets, a lot of people thought that the Bills were kind of playing for the future. You know, with some of their trades moving on from a guy like Sammy Watkins, moving on from Ronald Darby. I think people looked at it and thought, man, the Bills, they're, they're getting draft picks. They're, they're looking to the future. And even the Marcel Darius trade over the weekend. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've gotten rid of some of their most well-known players of the last few years. They don't really care. You know, I think McDermott is adopting the perfect mindset. Their head coach for Buffalo, where I played for a number of years, which is that blue-collar mindset. And they're another one that has totally exceeded expectations. Because I think people thought they'd be maybe around 500. And then when they made the trades they did, getting rid of Sammy Watkins and Darby and, and getting future picks, I think people thought, oh, boy, here we go. But they've played extremely well on the defensive side of the ball. They've won the turnover battle. And now a couple games in a row, They've gotten Shady McCoy going. I've always been a Tyrod Taylor fan. I mean, I remember last week I was speaking with Greg Roman a couple weeks ago, I guess, you know, the Ravens coach who had been the Bills coordinator. He really thinks that Tyrod Taylor is a playoff caliber quarterback, you know, if the defense played better, which they did not under Rex Ryan, but they are under Sean McDermott. Yeah, it's amazing how well they are playing. Now, you, you mentioned expectations. Uh, the Raiders are a lot of high expectations for that football team coming into the season. Of course, you lose Carr for a couple of games, or maybe it was just one game he was out. Uh, but they have, are, are free-falling. Can you put your, your finger on what's happening with this football team? Well, we knew defensively it might still be a struggle for them. They really hadn't done anything to improve, you know, uh, most of that defense, especially the linebackers. Now, they got Navarro Bowman more recently. I think he's helped a little bit. The, the issue there has been the drop-off offensively. I mean, the second week of the year against the Jets, they look good. Uh, certainly that Thursday night game against the Chiefs, they look good offensively. But other than that, they've struggled. The offensive line's not playing as well as it did last year. They don't run it as well. But the big issue to me there 
why would you move on from your coordinator, Bill Musgrave? Mm-hmm. I mean, they had one of the best offenses in the league last year. They move on from Musgrave because they think, you know what? I, I don't know what their logic was, but they thought the quarterback coach, Pat Downing, could do as good of a job, if not better. He clearly hasn't. And to me, you know, don't try to fix what isn't broken. And why open yourself up to such criticism by making that move when your offense already been so good? I mean, almost like the Falcons, the only place the Raiders could really go was down. And now because they've done it, there's a lot of heat on downing, and rightfully so. It should be on Del Rio for letting that happen. Um, let me ask, I guess, both of you guys this question, because like, going back to the Raiders' defense, I saw a stat yesterday. They've gone nine quarters now without a takeaway, eight games yeah. without a pick. Is that personnel? Is that scheme? Is that coaching? Is it all of those things? How does that, how does that, that happen? That's being unlucky, I, I guess. And, and, and Ross, I, I know we practice stripping the football, and a lot of teams do that. That's part of the individual drills. Make sure you go after the football, but you would hope your secondary could, would come with some, some picks, and they've got some first-rounders back there, and they haven't been able to do it. Well, and what's surprising about that is when you have Khalil Mack especially, you'd think that guy would generate – you know, the turnovers just on mm-hmm. his own. Yeah. You know, just, just the strip sacks or hitting a quarterback while he's throwing it. They don't get enough of an interior rush to compliment him. And Bruce Irvin has been very disappointing so far this year. He's supposed to be the guy on the other side, the answer on the other side, and he really has not been. Ross Tucker of Sirius XM NFL Radio is with us here on Geo and Jones on this Monday morning on CBS Sports Radio. Uh, just going around the league, I guess, and who do you believe in, who do you don't? Right. Uh, how about the Steelers after another win in Detroit last night? You know, I thought they were outplayed. You know, for most of that game, I thought Matthew Stafford tore him up. You know, the one reason why I feel like, and I've been telling people, I feel like this is the Steelers' year, is that, you know, the defense is finally caught up with the offense with the three Bs of Ben, Antonio Brown, and Le'Veon Bell, and now they got this Juju Smith-Schuster making plays like he did last night, which was huge. And the defense for the Steelers have been awesome. But last night, Matthew Stafford tore him up. 423 yards passing. They just couldn't get it done down near the goal line. I mean, that, that game should have been the Lions, and that's one that if they get this – eight and eight and don't make the playoffs they'll look back on and regret because they had so many opportunities so i guess the negative for the Steelers is that they got tore up the positive is that they were able to step it in the red zone which is where so many of these games are won and lost now but this really should be their year guys i mean you look you know there's some good teams in the nfc but i don't think you know without aaron Rodgers, there's not a team that you point to and say wow they're going to be tough to beat and then the afc the Patriots aren't quite what they've been. It feels like this is the best chance for the Steelers to get back to the Super Bowl with the way their defense is playing in quite some time. And now they've got to that point, and I don't know that they're playing well enough offensively or that Ben is playing at a high enough level yeah. that they'll be able to get there. Well, I'm going to stay on the negative side of the ledger. And let's talk about Tampa Bay. Dirk Cutter, of course, he takes over as the head coach. And this team is doing nothing. Uh, Jameis Winston has not progressed, uh, former number one overall pick. And, and, and so what do you see happening there? Uh, are the days numbered for, for Cutter? Probably, because when you have hard knocks, you know, there's a reason usually why the franchise does that. 
and that's because they really want to generate some interest in the team, and they really feel good about the team and, and the direction of the team. Having a young quarterback like Jameis Winston, where he's going as a player, where they thought he was going as a player, they bring in Deshaun Jackson. You know, I think that the Bucks really felt like they were going to make waves this year, and that's part of the reason why they wanted the, the spotlight of Hard Knocks to be on them. But when you put the spotlight on you and it, it shows something bad, then sometimes you gotta, you got to clean out the bad thing that the spotlight showed, and it might end up being Dirk Cutter because at 2-5, and five, especially in that division, I mean, they're 2-5 and five and yeah. they're looking way up at everybody else in the division. I mean, they're in the basement and they're in the basement by a lot. It doesn't really bode well for Cutter because they made the move to get rid of Lovey Smith for Cutter, and they're not showing progress. And what's especially damning is they're not showing progress on his side of the ball right. offense. Ross, I heard uh, T.Y. Hilton's name. Eric Ebron was pouting on the bench last night for the Lions, and maybe his days are numbered. Do you foresee anybody of any real significance getting traded before tomorrow's deadline? Ebron would not surprise me. The T.Y. Hilton one would surprise me a little bit, although – Anytime there's a new GM like Ballard in there, you never really know they want their own guys. But that that would still T. Y. Hilton would surprise me because without him, it's like what are the Colts have? Yeah, you know that you really are scared of defensively when you're when you're game planning for them. The Ebron one, I I, I really think he needs a, a fresh start somewhere else. I'd have to look at his contract, but I, I think. There's probably a lot of sides motivated for that to happen. What about Martavis Bryant? Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, 97-yard uh, gallop yesterday after the catch. Uh, and, and so uh, clearly he, he's going to be a mainstay in that offense. And the days for Bryant, especially with his uh, whining and complaining, uh, are, are numbered. That's a tough one because I think it would make sense for the Steelers to consider moving him. I just don't know that there's a big market for a guy – that's uh, a yet another positive drug test away from being done for the year. Plus, mm-hmm. the way he's handled you know, this season so far with social media and skipping a meeting and all, all those things, other teams don't want that. Other teams don't want to get you know, trade for your problems. Plus, the Steelers have a long history of not you know, kowtowing or bowing in, giving in, to the demands of players, whether it's guys that hold out, you know, and want more money, or a guy in Markavis Bryant's case that clearly wants a trade, that's not really the Steelers' deal. They don't, I don't think they want to set the precedent, right or wrong, that okay, you know, if you if you act like that, we'll trade you. You'll get what you want. We'll send you somewhere else. Ross, as always, oh, I got to mention ballcannon.com. What in the world are we doing there? It's it's awesome. It's like a jug machine, mm-hmm. except it's something you can have at your house, your driveway for your kids. And it's actually made my hometown, which is how I know the guy that invented it. And, I, dude, I almost had tears in my eyes. I'm at the Jets game. It's only been around for a year. I'm at the Jets game yesterday. And in the third quarter, I think it was third quarter, I, I posted a picture of it on my social media. The Jets have a couple ball cannons. They bring them out. And guys are catching passes off the ball cannon, like during a commercial break. So that just goes to show you it's legit, it's the real deal. And, 
you know, November's almost here, so make sure you get the coolest <laughs> gifts your kid will ever get in their life. I guarantee it. Ballcannon.com. Now, here's the thing, Ross. Um, Brian, at times, can be mean to us. Uh, he has thrown staplers. Uh, he has a bat he likes to uh, intimidate with, intimidate us with. Could the ball cannon inflict actual bodily harm if Brian was to turn it directly on one of us? Well, it, it only shoots it only shoots Nerf balls. Oh, right? good. Oh. So, <laughs> um, oh, that's it. it. I would say unlikely unless you crank that bad boy all the way up, <laughs> and there's probably two places on the human body where it would really, really, really hurt. <laughs> All right, so we'll still keep it away from Brian. Would everybody else go by one? So it's still a Ball- possibility for me. Okay, yeah. great. In all sincerity, though, just check out the video of Ball Can. The, the thing is awesome. It really, I'm like, I bought one for my nephew last year for Christmas, and he loves it. He plays with it every day. The thing's awesome. Cool. Ross, you're the best. Thanks, good man. talking to you, man. We'll be good. We'll talk to you soon. All right, see you guys. Ross Tucker, <laughs> Sirius XM NFL Radio, Westwood One. There's a Ross Tucker podcast. There's Man. Ross Tucker college football on NBC Sports on Friday or Saturday. He's just everywhere. He he's the he's training to be you. He's the I future think he has, Brian he Jones. Me beat. That's a lot of stuff, Ross. He doesn't have five houses in three countries. I don't have five anymore. Four in two countries. I don't have four. Here, Miami, Hawaii. <laughs> and the Dominican. I forgot for, about Hawaii. <laughs> I forgot about my residence. Oh, what I need a life to take you live! Take advantage of that. What a life you live. I need to book that now. I forgot I had a place in Hawaii. I'm going back to Hawaii. That was fun. There's Brian Jones. Eight five five two one two four CBS. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. A very well timed for many reasons home run last night by Yuli Gurriel oh. in the World Series. That's next on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Did you pick this, Brad Heller? <laughs> this is a little <laughs> new for you. Yeah, a little more current than the '90s <laughs> R&B <laughs> that I'm used to. But yeah, we weren't doing yoga in the '90s. I should have been, but I wasn't. <laughs> uh, it is Gio and Jones on a Monday morning. CBS Sports Radio bogus in for Gio alongside Brian Jones. Gio's back in the main share on Wednesday. So with me here today, you get Brad Heller in my seat, and Brad's now here with your update. All right, guys, another roller coaster World Series game last night in Houston. Clayton Kershaw couldn't hold an early 4-0 lead. The Astros' bullpen couldn't protect a three-run lead in the ninth. So game five went to the tenth. Bregman one for four tonight. First pitch. And Alex lines this in the left center field. That's a base hit. Kershaw around third and coming home. Ethier up with the baseball. The throw to the plate. Not in time. Astros win. Astros win. 13 to 12 over the Dodgers. What a game. 3 2 series lead now for Houston. Robert Ford had the call. Astros radio network. The two teams combining for seven more home runs. Jose Altuve went deep. He drove in four. Clay Bellinger a home run, four RBIs. Game six in L.A. on Tuesday night. Meanwhile, the Nationals reportedly have their new manager, Cubs bench coach. Dave Martinez, and word is Gabe Kapler is the front runner for the Phillies' job. Sunday night football, the Steelers beat the Lions in Detroit 20-15. to The best NFL game of the day, well, that would have been in Seattle. Seattle trailing by four. Wilson back to pass, throwing over the middle. Right over. Touchdown. Jimmy Graham. Jimmy Graham scores. Seattle is back and forth with 21 seconds to go. What a game! Kevin Lee called it Westwood One Sports. Fourth touchdown pass for Russell Wilson. He threw for a career high 452. Seahawks outscored the Texans 41 38. Deshaun Watson passed for 402. 
and four scores in the loss. The other late game, it was the Cowboys over the Redskins in Washington, 33-19. The Eagles, 33-10 winners over the Niners. Philly 7-1 thanks to six straight wins. Saints have won five in a row after the 0-2 start. They beat the Bears 20-12. Patriots over the Chargers, 21-13. New England and Pittsburgh, both 6-2. Best record in the AFC. Kansas City can join them tonight. The Chiefs take on the Broncos Monday night football. College football, Florida's parted ways with head coach Jim McElwain. Defensive coordinator Randy Shannon takes over on an interim basis. NBA, the Cavaliers have lost four out of five, blown out by the Knicks at home, 114-95. Here's head coach Tyron Lue. It's a nice loss, and the last couple are unacceptable. And um, the only way we're going to be able to get is to put the work in as players, as coaches, and we're going to do that. Elsewhere, the Pistons beat the Warriors 115-107. Detroit, the best record in the East at 5-2. and two. Pacers were down by 9 with 7 minutes to go, but a rally to beat the Spurs 97-94. Guys? Thank you, Brad, very much. Uh, so I just, real quick on that Cavalier thing. Uh, Tyron Lue, <laughs> unacceptable. They've lost uh, to the Magic, the Pelicans, and the, and the, oh, the Nets, the, and the Pelicans, right. and then the Knicks. And apparently, I saw this graphic this morning, they are in... The second easiest six-game stretch any team has this year based on opponent power rankings, and they're one in four so far. But those are the power rankings. Uh, those are from a season ago, right? Uh, I, I mean, it's too I early in the season to really that. have some power rankings. I mean, you expect uh, the, the Cavaliers to be one of the top teams. You expect the Warriors, of course, the the, the champs to be one of the top teams. They've been losing games as well and having fights. Uh, uh, and, and, and so I, I'm not shocked that the Cavaliers are getting off to a slow start because you got so many different guys on that roster. Now it's right. going to take a while for those guys to gel. You had LeBron last night um, a little. Now I get what Ty Lue's got to do. He's got to be the coach. He's got to say mm-hmm. it's unacceptable and we can't do this and the defense has to be better and whatever. LeBron goes, uh, what month is this? October? Get back to me in January and February. <laughs> right. Amen to that. We did Thank this, you. We did this last year. Yes. Oh, my God. They can't play defense. They still don't like Kevin Love. How is this going to work? And then they right. got to the finals. <laughs> Stop. What are we going to learn from? Right. They'll figure this out, yep. A, and B, the East is still the East. And Gordon Hayward's leg almost fell off. <laughs> and I'm not sure the Bucks are ready yet. And the Pistons are not going to have the best record in the conference in a couple of months. We will see. I would hope they, they would. And I would hope the Knicks would continue to play well. You've got uh, Porzingis. Was he at three, four games I, now where he's over 30? I think four, he's been four balling. out of five Too over many. 30. Yeah. Well, let's ask um, CBS Sports Radio NBA insider Mike Bisheglia yeah. uh, for his thoughts on this. Any reason to panic on October 30th for the Cavaliers, Mike? I would not say panic, but it's different than previous years because it's a totally different roster and their second-best player isn't even on the court yet. So I'd be a little nervous. It doesn't have quite the same feel as you could rely on the same roster. It is a different group of guys. <laughs> I almost had a car accident in Friday. I'm driving, <laughs> I was driving home from here, and you sent a text to the group of a picture of uh, a little promo for Better Man in the New York Post, right? and that led to a string of texts back and forth between you and Greg and Mike and me but I had my phone you know, connected to my car while I was driving. So the Siri lady, you have a new text from the string that includes Mike Basheglia, <laughs> Greg, Greg Gennady, and Brian Jones. So I'm like, I need to record this. So I'm like, I've got my phone out. I'm like, but I can't record the lady saying it. 
from my phone. I can't record that with my phone. Plus, I'm driving. Plus, I need someone else to send a new text. So, again, she'll say Mike Basheglia and Greg Gennady. <laughs> and then I was like, let's just get across. Let's get through the BQE, and then we'll go from there. And then I forgot about it until just now. Uh, 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. It is time to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day, brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is uh, from Tony from Youngstown. Don't forget you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros or tweeting it at cbssportsradio using the hashtag askthepros. Tony wants to know uh, if we agree with MLB's decision to suspend Yuli Gurriel for five games next season for his uh, very insensitive gesture towards you Darvish in game three uh, of no, the World Series. No, I, I don't agree. And... Uh... You want to finish your copy, and then I'll expound. See how we, we keep doing this. When know, it's time to replace your battery, trust the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to help you choose the superstar battery that's an exact fit for your vehicle. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every day. Uh, yeah, highly insensitive on his part, and I believe he played in Japan as well. Yes. Uh, and for him to, to do that, uh, just uh, uh, I was uh, – I, I was – Taken aback by that. I, I couldn't believe it. And I had a gentleman that works with us over on the television side who is Asian, and he came up to me and made a point uh, to, to me about, you know, when we discussed this, he figured we'd discuss it on, on the radio show. He said, you make sure you let your listening audience know what he did is akin to someone using the N-word. Uh, and uh, so I'm letting you know uh, what he did to a lot of Asian folks is akin to you uh, using the N-word to, to black folks. So uh, uh, I, I couldn't believe it. And, and as far as the punishment, it, this is just like Tattoo Gate with Ohio State yes. heading to the Sugar Bowl, and you're going to suspend these guys. First of all, they should not have been suspended because it's their damn stuff, and they want to barter for tattoos uh, with helmets they've earned and jerseys they've earned. They should be allowed to do that. Uh, but uh, you, you, you're not going to suspend them for the Sugar Bowl. You're going to wait till the next season rolls around. And as far as uh, Uriel... Uh, you know, being suspended next. Next, he's not promised to him, so you handle it right now. It's great for him that he he, he gets to play. Now, I think the Astros said they're going to take his salary from the playoffs and donate that, or from the World Series and donate that to some uh, different organizations that center around diversity. But and then he comes up with a big home run last night. But I, I think you you hand down the punishment right now. It just happened here. Didn't happen next season. It happened right now. So you punish him right now. I, I cannot believe that in announcing this punishment on Saturday afternoon that Rob Manfred, the commissioner of Major League Baseball, said this. I felt it was unfair to punish the other 24 players on the Astros roster. I wanted the burden of this discipline to fall primarily on the wrongdoer. What? How? No, you go. No. You go. I, what are you, so you're going to punish the other? You're going to punish them next season? You, the, the guys on that roster, they're punished by not having one of their best players on the when, field? When in the world has this ever mattered? Right. Are you kidding me? <laughs> I didn't want to inconvenience his teammates too. You know what bad. He did something ridiculous on national TV during the World Series, which was horribly insensitive on a one-on-one basis between him and you, Darvish. But it also is highly insensitive to a market that you want to thrive in, that you have a hmm. business relationship in, <laughs> that you have fans in. 
And the best you can do is, I want to punish him, but not right now. I'm going to do it next year when it doesn't matter. And partly because I and and I don't I don't know any other way to assess this, but he's putting he's putting the well-being and the feelings of the Astros ahead of Asian people in general. I mean, there's no other way about this. He he, you might be in, you might be offended by this. I'll get to you in a second. <laughs> first things first, I got to keep the Astros happy. Right. Now, thank goodness Gurriel's 700-foot tying, one of the tying three-run home runs came in game five, not game four, because he should not have played in game four. Had he hit that home run in game four, I mean, I would have lost it. So at least the universe spared us from that. But I cannot believe that Rob Manfred, A, thought that during his decision on a punishment here, and then B, actually voiced it so it could be recorded and held against him in perpetuity. Yeah. Because that's just a nonsensical <sighs> argument for any punishment. He didn't want to, it wasn't the other guys on that roster he didn't want to inconvenience. He didn't want to inconvenience Him's, Major League Baseball. Yeah. He didn't want to inconvenience ratings. That's what he was worried about, not those guys on that roster. It makes no sense whatsoever. This happened in the game. He should hand down the punishment right now. It should happen currently because – and if they're inconvenienced, too bad if they're inconvenienced. Uh, it could be inconvenienced by an injury. Uh, you know, McCann was hit last night on the arm or on the hand. Uh, he could be out. Uh, they didn't. It looks like he's going to be fine, but that would inconvenience this, this baseball team. Uh, so that is a nonsensical excuse for meeting out punishment but deferring it until next season. When we come back, we're back with I ain't college back. football. Yo, I'm going to suspend myself. Okay. Right now. So I did something probably <laughs> I should be suspended for, right? At least one. Uh, so <laughs> at least one of us. We'll talk to Howard Griffith. He, oh, I got to come back now. That's my man, Griff. We have yeah. no Heisman trophies, uh, but a but Big Ten Network college football analyst Super Bowl job, and that's good enough to get him on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. It is Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio on a Monday morning. Bogus in for Gio. Brian dancing his way back into a studio, eating something. That's the jail. Who knows what, but it's getting him ready to talk to Howard Griffith of the we Big have Griff. Ten Network. We've got Griff. You're I back can't just stand in Griff, time. Man. <laughs> got two Super Bowl rings. I got nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It ain't okay. I got what? Radio show. Oh, I have a great radio show. You're exactly right. You do a great job on television, man. Oh, you're, man. You're far ahead of the game. Oh, man. Well, you do too, man. And, and quit lying <laughs> on a Monday morning. This is the second straight guest that just comes on kissing your butt right out of the gate. That's how we roll, dog. Must be I nice go. to have friends. <laughs> uh, Howard, thanks as always for checking in. We appreciate it. Uh, let's start with Ohio State and Penn State. Um, yeah. I'll ask you the same question I asked Brian. It's 14 nothing after four minutes. Did you think the game was over? Or did you see a Buckeye rally coming? No, I didn't think the game was over um, because I, I knew that Ohio State had an opportunity to go out and make plays. They just you know, weren't in, uh, in position just yet. And you look at this Penn State team, all year they've been really explosive, with big plays, big chunk plays that they've been able to make. But, but I did think that there were going to be some issues going into that game with special teams because that's the one area where Ohio State has really continued. I know a lot of people focus on 
whether Barrett can, can throw it downfield 20-plus yards, uh, connections uh, are concerned. But to me, watching them all year, it was about special teams because they, they haven't, and they made some plays in this game special teams-wise, but special teams have gotten them to, into a lot of issues this year. Well, Griff, we had James Franklin on the show be, be prior to the season, and I asked him if there were any glaring concerns, and he yeah. said no. And, I, and the reason I asked him that is because they lost some quality guys on that defensive line. There are glaring concerns on the defensive line and the offensive line, especially when you're playing a game the magnitude of the one they entered in on, on Saturday afternoon mm-hmm. uh, because they couldn't block ice in Alaska, and they couldn't get to <laughs> J.T. Barrett. They lost their best uh, defensive lineman early in the first series, yeah. and, and they couldn't do anything after that. Yeah, but you know what, what's amazing, though, if you watch this team during the year, they, they've been doing a great job of, of playing an opponent's backfield. Yep. Uh, and, and I think that that's part of some of the offensive lines that they have been going against. But this Penn State team is still a really good team. They're just not as loaded when you put them up 185 to right. an Ohio State team. And, and one of the things that was really glaring is the offensive line. They still – the issue that I had with them all year is they could not run the ball when they want to run the ball. And, and again, that's hidden by a lot of Barclays and and, uh, and the rest of the backfield. They're – big tough plays and when you hide those when Barkley breaks off a 75 yarder or 80 yarder that's all people really remember but in this game versus Ohio State the number of negative runs he had was something that they they hadn't had to experience all year long Howard JT Barrett was just remarkable on Saturday where does that stack up with especially the fourth quarter QB performances you've ever seen yeah, for, for him, it, it's right up there. I mean, you haven't seen J.T. Barrett throw the ball the way he did. I think it was 13-13 in, in the fourth quarter, 170 yards. You know, he made some passes that, that normally you don't see him make. Talk about being able to thread the needle. And, and I think that's something that, that you know, people have really been concerned about. When they have to throw it, is he going to be able to? But I think hidden in that as well is the great job that that offensive line really did protecting him. Because if you go back and look earlier in the season, when he wanted to drop back and stand, stand tall in the pocket, he struggled sometimes. He'd come out, he'd side on some balls, and that happened. That got him in trouble versus Oklahoma earlier in the season. But this is one of the first times you really saw that offensive line come together and really be able to control the game and allow them to make the plays downfield. And also, you saw a lot of those receivers. Johnny Dixon, he's had some touchdowns earlier in the season, but – He's been a guy that came in highly touted, but has been banged up due to injury, a lot of injuries. But you saw the ball being spread around. Marcus Ball, the tight end, really obviously came up with a big touchdown catch. They really spread, moved the ball around to a lot of their players uh, that made some plays for them in that game, particularly down the stretch. JT Barrett is squarely in the Heisman conversation now, 25 touchdowns after the four he had Saturday afternoon and only one interception on the season. <laughs> he's on that yeah. – he's, he's definitely on, on that list now and, and may be getting an invite to New York City. Uh, let, let's talk about – I think I'm with you, though, as far as Penn State. I think they, they bounced back, and they're still a damn good football team, but uh, they lost their best offensive lineman, that left tackle who went out yeah. uh, the other day. But uh, Michigan State, uh, you know, 
Penn State and, and Ohio State both still have to play them. Ohio State has Iowa next, but Michigan State losing there uh, to Northwestern in overtime. They have struggled offensively. Defensively, they've played pretty well, but offensively, they haven't been able to do anything. Have you been able to, to, to detect what's going on on that side of the ball? You know, I, I think one of the things, they, they just are, are not as talented. And you got to remember, they had some issues in the offseason, some big issues where they had to dismiss some players. And, you know, they had to dismiss some guys that, that really would have helped them uh, this year as a good football team, but the, the reality is some of those guys are probably a major distraction as well. So I just don't think they're as deep and as talented. Listen, I think the work he can make a lot of plays, but I think when he is your leading rusher, which he was again uh, versus Northwestern, that's a tough position to be in to try to run the ball because they want to be able to run it with L.J. Scott and, and the rest of that backfield to be able to control the game. But when they can't run it that way, you know, it, it creates problems when they have to get those runs from the quarterback. Now, they've had some young receivers. Cody White stepped up and played well. But I just don't think they're where they used to be, particularly the talent on the defensive side as well. They've got Joe Bocci, who's, who's leading them in tackles and, and making great plays all over the field. But they don't have those talented defensive ends that they used to have. So they've got to recruit to that position to get much better. But I think the defensive tackles give them a chance, but they still need to be more dynamic offensively and particularly at the defensive end. But I'll say this. They're still going to have a lot to say yeah. with what goes on with Penn State and obviously Ohio State. Those are not going to be easy games for either one of those teams. And, and I, I believe they only have one upperclassman on their offensive line, and, and, and so that's an issue as well. Right. you got a young offensive line, you're going to have some problems. This is Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network with us here on Geo and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Howard, as we as we prep for the first uh, college football playoff rankings tomorrow night, uh, everybody's got Alabama and Georgia in basically. Then we're figuring out the other two spots. And there's a lot of teams mentioned, but not really Wisconsin. Are they not yeah. getting the respect they deserve, or people know that maybe they just don't deserve to be in the conversation just yet? Yeah, I think they're, they're right there. I think most people are giving them that respect, but I think at the end of the day, you have to look at, you know, who they played. And, and last year, they had an unbelievable schedule uh, of teams that they played in the resume and that sort of thing. And I know that becomes important, particularly as you, they continue to move forward. But this year, they've gone out and just been Wisconsin, beat the guys that they're, they're supposed to on their schedule. But they've got Indiana, Iowa. They've got a game against the Michigan, which we thought, Maybe at the beginning of the year was going to be you know, against the ranked opponent in, in Minnesota. So you just got to – there's not that great, great win on their resume right now. And, you know, unfortunately, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen to them this year, similar to uh, the discussion that there was with Washington last year leading up to the playoffs about them not having a great non-conference schedule. You know, they didn't end up having – Wisconsin didn't end up having a, a great non-conference. BYU – you know, Florida Atlantic, Utah State, it just did not uh, really help them where they needed to be helped. We're looking at their, their regular schedule in the West in the Big Ten. Uh, Griff, uh, Michigan, you believe they found their quarterback now, and it's Brandon Peters. He was Mr. Indiana football a couple of years ago, inserted into uh, the fold the other day, and it seemed like that offense had some life. You know what? It did look like that, but then on the other side, one of the things they were able to do was run the ball. Right, so the quarterback really didn't have to do anything, and, and as you know, it's a whole lot easier to to watch guys come in as a backup as opposed to that guy coming in the following week as the starter that has been prepared for all week. 
So I'm still going to hold out a little bit and see what happens when they're forced to have to throw the football, when they're forced to get somebody on the move, because their issue still is in the offensive line. And, and we've talked a lot about offensive line play. You think about the Big Ten, and, and, and that's never been an issue for them. But we talked about two teams, uh, Penn State, with an offensive line that, that isn't as great as it needs to be, and particularly as Michigan, the way they want to run the ball and control the game with two tight ends, a fullback, and play big boy football, uh, the offensive line has not been anywhere near where they need to be. But, again, last week they were able to run the ball very successfully, and the quarterback really didn't have to win the game with, their, with his arm. So I'll wait to this week to see if he can have that same type of performance and what happens when he's in a long-yard situation and can he make some of those big-time throws. Griff, if I can call you that, uh, want to take a shot. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Uh, want to take a shot at who's the next Florida head coach? Wow, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> names in a hat, right? It's, it's one of those jobs that uh, it's it's a it's a prominent job. I don't think it's one of the great jobs, one of the greatest jobs, but it might be that next tier down. Um, there's going to be a lot of people that want that job. I think an offensive guy, a great recruiter. You would think if this was maybe a year earlier, a guy, to me, that they have to make a call to is Willie Taggart. I think that's a name that's prominent there, but, you know, obviously he's out in Oregon now. Um, but you, you have to engage him and see, talk to his representatives and see if he's a guy that might be interested because you know what he can do offensively when he has the players and, and you know he's a great recruiter. I think that's what they're looking for, those great recruiters and a great offensive mind. It could be a young guy, but I think it's going to be an established person that runs a great offense and is a known recruiter. They know what they're going to get from a quarterback standpoint. My man, always a pleasure to talk to you. All right, guys. You enjoy the week. You too, buddy. You too. Howard Griffith of the Big Ten Network 2 Super Bowl championships. Mm, thanks for reminding me. Two. Yep. One, two. Yep. It's okay. Neither one of you have a Heisman, so you've got that. <laughs> even. <laughs> So there's yeah, that thank you. going for you. Appreciate it. Uh, so yeah. we're just about done. I want to thank Howard for jumping on, and thanks uh, to Ross Tucker as well, Sirius XM NFL Radio. And I guess if um, you need a Christmas toy, go to ballcannon.com. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I spent an entire commercial break watching it, and I'm really? probably going to order one. Are you impressed? I, I mean, the idea of a jugs machine in my backyard pegging people with Nerf balls. Yeah. I'm all for See it. See your lazy dad. You're going to make the jug machine throw the ball. You're supposed to be throwing the ball. No, I want to catch it. And I got a three and a six-year-old who don't yet throw tight spirals. Ah. So I put the ball cannon out. I pretend I'm a receiver and away we go. Okay. There right? you go. Another satisfied customer. Maybe. Probably not. Mm. What do you mean probably not? I don't know yet. No, I'm lazy. I mean, I'm not going to buy it. You're not going to? I talk a good game. You're not going to buy it now? I'm just going to forget, that? probably. The mood will pass. You better buy that for your kids, man. What are you doing tonight? Uh, I'm studying. Got TV tomorrow, man. Do you? What do you mean tonight? Watching football. Who's playing tonight? Uh, Chiefs and Broncos. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. Watch a little football. Do some studying. That's what I'm doing. I'm going to be out. Out what? I'm emceeing the Fordham basketball tip-off dinner tonight in Manhattan. Oh, cool. Including... Guest appearances by Marv Albert and Adam Silver. Oh, wow. And little old me. Cool. Congrats. It's a cool no, gig. It's a congrats You're thing. Big time. MCing the dinner. What's we'll for see. dinner? You I don't know? know. It's at the Water Club. Big place in Manhattan. Fancy the, place. The Water Club is? Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. Yeah, it's not your, not your thing. It's not my thing. It's fancy. It is fancy. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's sweet. They don't have brunch, so you wouldn't know about oh. it. Oh. 
Oh. I like dinner. <laughs> that is cool, man. I'll get You're you hanging t- out with the big wigs. Right? Bring me a doggy bag. I'll, yeah, I'll get you a T-bone for two, for there one. There you go. Thank you. All right. Uh, thanks, as always, again to Ross and to Howard Griffith hanging out with us. Thank you. Uh, Randy Cross out. is in with Brian tomorrow. Uh-oh. Until then, for BJ, for Petey Meats, for Mikey B, I'm Bogus. We'll see you tomorrow on Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular-season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.